welcome to Blind Guys Chat, where this guy, Oren O'Neill. Hello. And this guy, Jan Bloom. Hello. And this guy, Stuart Lawler. Hello. Talk about the A to Z of life. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and you are very welcome to episode number 83 of Blind Guys Chat. Thank you very much for joining us. How are we all doing? You know, Not winters, the clocks have Not gone back, winter yeah. is kicking oh, yeah. in. Yeah, it's much darker now tonight. Hey, it's really, uh, I went out with Chef and he um, he was using his red nose again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny because I woke up this morning. I, I normally wake, I often wake about f- half four or five and sometimes I go back to sleep. Sometimes I don't, but I woke and it was like so, 10 past three. And I was like, this is very early. Huh? And then I realized the clocks have gone you didn't back. Normally you just then come back from the, from the, from the pub, I think. Don't right. tell the people. Yeah. Don't, oh, don't sorry. say that. Oh. Don't say that. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. No, well, no, I want to, so we've got a lovely interview with uh, Clina Lillera yeah. uh, later on Clina from Irish. I'm dying to hear that. Oh, it's brilliant. Because I, I wasn't there for that. I, I'm yeah. not great on the guy talk stuff no so you don't care about i have nothing to contribute so that's why i let you guys do yeah 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 well, but it was an interesting uh interview very nice yeah, yeah it was it was brilliant yeah she's yeah. a lovely woman yeah. uh but i want to talk to jan well we Ooh. want to talk to jan because after this uh recording uh you're about to head off uh on a cycle aren't you yeah well, yeah, you have yeah, to, yeah well you have to get his makeup it. taken off first yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That won't take I, long, uh, and also Stuart, it is waterproof because oh, it's raining most cats important and dogs. waterproof makeup, makeup. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it's terrible weather guys no you know once in a while uh, um before i was really keen on on doing each week uh going out you know to uh yeah for, to have some exercise but now it's it's getting a little bit more uh, seldom to do that but uh, now again also daniel that is my uh, pilot at the uh, uh, at the front he 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 just sent me an app i said ah, let's go tonight or uh i said oh oh i have a recording but uh let me do it a little bit earlier the recording and then i will go out so uh so we leave around well what is it 8 30 p.m so in the it, it, that's uh daniel doesn't mind that it is dark and also that he he's a he's he's really a strong guy because he doesn't actually care whether it's rainy uh windy even we do it when it is snowing or 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 or, or minus that is really also uh, something so daniel and, is your uh, is your cycle yeah. partner Exactly, exactly. Uh, so does he get worried? I mean, he's on the back all the time. Uh, of does course. he get worried, the fact that you're blind and you can't really see the road no, ahead of you? No, 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 no. He's no, okay no, with no. that? Yeah, he is very much okay. That is, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but to correct you, I am not, or he is not on my back, you know. I am, I am, I am. Yeah. But I, 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 I tried once, Oren, to be honest, to put it on the, on the front. <laughs> and that was also with another guy. And then uh, he even took a picture of it, but, but that was in the, in the, in the 90s. That was a long, long ago. But, but then I tried to, uh, yeah, to do that. But uh, it is, but it, it is nice uh, to have some exercise. It really is. It is um, because you really use your energy, and uh, and even now also it is windy, it is rough, and, and it is ah nice. It is really nice weather. When I was younger, I would do a fair bit of tandem cycling with uh, with my dad, and he used to say things okay. like he'd, he'd say something like, "Now give it a give it a minute. You can you can take a break here. We're going downhill, but we have a huge one coming up." So he'd be Ooh. cycling me up to to know that we're going to have to do a fair bit of work, yeah, and then we'd be pedaling and really pushing up and changing the Ooh. gears and all trying to and then you'd say now and then you just fly down the other side yeah. of the hill and you, all the hard all the hard work was worth it 
Ja, ja, ja. I did also a couple of times the Amstel Gold Race. That is, an, uh, that, that is a professional cycle tour uh, um, here in the Netherlands. That is the, the only tour we have, um, the official one for the professionals also in the Netherlands. And that uh, is, is in the Dutch mountains. That is in the south or the, the area between Germany, Belgium and Holland. So, so in the southeast part. And then, yeah, uh, when, when I speak to Tobias all the time, he, or all the times in the past, he said, ah, you are with your Dutch mountains, you know, because it is only, I think, 400 meters. You know, <laughs> that is, <laughs> and Tobias lives in the Alps, in the Swiss Alps. So, oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, so he was like but, tiny little mountains for him. Yeah, that is yeah. true. But, but Stuart, and, or, and when you have to climb this, my God, you know, it is You're not famous. always that easy. Oi, oi, oi. But but when you go down downhill and and I don't want to exaggerate, but you reach a a, 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 a speed of of eighty k eh, per hour, and that yeah. is quite fast, you know. When yeah. you're on those uh, tiny uh, 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 wheels, you know, it is really. Uh, uh, do you ever want to pull the brakes at that at that stage, Jan? When you're going downhill. Yeah, but I have no brakes on no my. Brakes <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm always searching for them. <laughs> but but no, I stay put and I really hold tight, you know. And I, oh my god! So and then I'm also because you don't pedal then, and then you go uh, to sit on the far uh, back. Uh, so so you really put down your head down, you know. And then oh my god, uh, to to have the most arrogant. Yeah, arrow. get the get the driver to take the brunt of the brunt of the. Uh, of the yeah. wind while you tuck yeah, in underneath yeah, yeah. them, and, and you get also also full um, uh, uh, all the weight uh, uh, on the on the uh, on the uh, back wheel because um, yeah yeah if you because you don't want to slip away etc. But yeah. sometimes you feel a little bit uh, scared uh, to be honest because only one 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 stone little stone and uh, and you're off you know they're both that gone is, uh, yeah uh, when I was doing a bit of tandem. Uh, cycling with uh with a guy he insisted that we do some uh trial runs of falling oh. off the bike really oh yeah have you done that ah no have either of you guys done that no, no. i have had once and that was an uh, i was in a uh, championship also for, for race tandeming and then we we <laughs> our i don't know what is the term for the for the for the front uh, um, uh, uh, wheel, it, it uh, the frame, you know, uh, that uh, uh, that break uh, 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 down the fork, off, the, the precies, oh, yeah, the fork uh, uh, directly under the under the um, uh, steering uh, 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 thing, you oh, know. So, so so it was broken. The mudguard, is it? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I yeah. Mudguard, it could it? be the thing that yeah. goes over the wheel. Yeah. yeah, and and then it was we uh, we were heading in a curve to the right, you know, but it broke. So we were ending on the left side of the road, and it was in a group. So it was oh my god! So I know that was scary. But but how do you experience that then, uh, Oren? Well, he just uh, what what we did was uh, he actually we we were on we moved on to grass. Oh, so, we, so he deliberately like he'd count us in and say right now three two one we're gonna we're gonna yeah. pretend we crash to the left yeah. so far left you know yeah uh, and uh, I mean it was it was grand I mean what you, hey, like, like I think I think he was I think, his, his, I think his fear was because I because I couldn't see what was about to happen 
the all the rest of my reactions were were affected by my my blindness, so that I you know I wouldn't remember to put my leg out or my hand or out put your hands out to break your fall. Yeah, yeah but yeah. of course you do. So yeah, it, it was you just because it's natural. Instinct, it's natural. Isn't it? yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was and just were your feet fixed then, Orin? Yeah, uh, they were in the pedals. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah I yeah, I actually yeah. hate that. But, Ooh, uh, but it, it does help you when you're climbing. Uh, yeah, climbing, yeah, yeah. Because it keeps them in but place. It, yeah. it keeps them in yeah. place, but I, but I do hate it. I was just thinking, Jan, as you were talking about your cycling, when I grew up, so I grew up on a um, on a farm at home and because oh, I've yeah. been blind since birth and I, yeah. I start, because my sisters had their bikes, they're twin, they're, they're two, three years younger than me, I got a bike, but I got a chopper. I don't know if you guys know what a chopper is. Oh yeah, is. chopper. Yeah. The big long yeah, saddle small, and I so loved small, my chopper. Small wheel at the front, big wheel at the back, Ooh. very and dangerous. I used, to, I used to cycle down and I'd, I'd like go fairly fast on our driveway and I'd, I had numerous crashes and people, neighbours who would, you know, see, would would be absolutely horrified and my parents were like, ah oh, no, Stuart loves the bike. And, yeah, but he's, he's just fallen. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll <laughs> yeah, get up. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's fine. And uh, I loved my chopper and uh, Ch- I still, every so often I want to get the chopper again, go out and yeah. bike. So I remember, okay. did the chopper not have a rear brake or something? Uh, yes. So if you backpedaled, uh, the, the back, the, you're right, ah. the wheel, and then you could skid, you could make it skid and turn oh, yeah. real fast and, I, and yeah, all yeah, the yeah, sounds, yeah, yeah, the noise yeah, of it, yeah. but you could lie yeah. right back on the saddle and yeah. our driveway had a kind of a hill going down and this thing would be tearing down and you'd have to, to because my dad used to close the gate at the end so that I wouldn't go out <laughs> on the road and inevitably I wouldn't press the brake in time and whack into the Bang. gate. And yeah. I'd be like, oh, just hit the gauge. I'm fine. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, so, oh. And then what crazy. age were you uh, doing it? Uh, I was about was... 10, I'd say. Okay. T- uh, yeah. And I loved it. Like, all during the summer, that was my thing, getting the chopper out. And then I, yeah. I had a, this will this will show you the age, the era. I had it for a while. I had a BMX. The BMX oh, bikes were big okay. at the time. Oh, yeah, BMX. I guess late, late 80s, maybe. Yeah. Um, a BMX bike. My BMX yeah. and my chopper. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. God knows where they are now. In the, in a skip somewhere, I'd say. Well, we wish you the best, uh, the best tonight, Jan. Happy cycling, yeah. And and it is also, uh, you know, darkness. So, so, you know, and and we're going out here in the, um, in the, uh, in the rural, rural, you know, around the big city. But, but even you, you you will be surprised because we see sometimes foxes, you know, and, and, and deers, Mm. you know, so Rudolf will some, sometimes passing by, you know, with his red nose. And then, well, uh, I did hear, uh, I was the other day, Telling, I was telling my son Adam the other day because I yeah. heard guys that Santa does a few test flights around this time of the year. He brings the sleigh oh. out just to make sure all is okay. And oh. I said to Adam, if you hear bells, be very careful because he is flying around. And while he's flying, he takes the opportunity just to check that everyone okay. is being good. Ah. All right, very good. Oh. Okay, so keep a lookout, folks. Uh, okay, talk to me. Talk to us me. about uh, what are you, you ChatGTP or Windows? Which one do you want yeah. to go with first? Well, let's do Windows first because there is an October Windows update for those of us or those of you, mm-hmm. those, those people who have Windows 11, which I think is a lot of people at this stage. Um, Still on Windows 10. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, right. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, well, that went down like a lead balloon. Um, so basically, Windows 11 update is rolling out. If people haven't got it, you will get it soon. Two things of note. One is Windows Copilot. Have you guys heard about Copilot? Oh, Windows yeah. Copilot is this AI they've, they've modeled on ChatGPT, which they built into Bing. 
and you'll be able to ask Windows Copilot initially quick questions about changing settings, but they want to enhance this very quickly. So this will be on your taskbar and you'll be able to type into it and ask it things and it will tap into ChatGPT. The other one, uh, and by the way, the, the Windows keystroke for Windows Copilot will be Windows and C. And the other one that it will be worth talking about when it happens is, and I haven't tested this yet, it's the individual sound mixer. So you can change individual volume controls on a per application basis. And that is Windows, uh, sorry, Control, Windows and V will open the new Windows volume mixer. Um, mm. if, if those shortcuts don't work for you for you yet, it means that you haven't received the update and you can get them by going into settings and force the update. I think you can do that as well. Okay. And the chat GPT, there is a new shortcut. There's a guy who's been um, producing shortcuts for the last couple of weeks that will um, integrate a chat GPT into Siri and you can actually replace or well, pretty much replace Siri with chat GPT. Uh, it is a bit techy. I might send the, the, um, article to Oren and we might put it in the show notes because there is a few steps you have to go and sure. generate an API key. Um, so there is a little bit of work to get it set up, but when it's set up, you can say something like, hey Siri, open chat GPT, and then you continue the conversation with chat GPT. And one of the examples they gave on this one was that if you're in a foreign country and you want to translate some text, apparently chat GPT does far better translations than maybe Siri or or, okay. or anything else at the moment. It doesn't do just direct translations. It's more human-like translation. And then you can interpretation speak. Interpretation as well. I yeah, interpretation. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And you can okay. speak that translation then, or you can get Ooh. the phone to speak it. So it might be worth playing with. Yeah. GTP. Uh, how far are they along the way now? Are they still only, what was it, 2019 or 2020? Have they, have they done away with that now? Are they now up to date oh, yeah. as far as 2022, yeah, so, I, I, I think it's that what they're rolling out now in ChatGPT is this uh, ChatGPT online. So ChatGPT has access to the internet. Now, I believe that was launched and then was pulled. Something happened and I think they've relaunched again. I have not actually used ChatGPT in about two weeks, but the last time I did and I asked it a question that would have required it to have up-to-date information, mm. I did get the usual thing about my database only goes to September 21, which meant that I didn't have that update yet. So okay. I haven't tested since then, but it's, it, mm. it, it, I, I, I do believe that will change for everyone, whether you're paid or not, it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. So yeah, good test might be to ask it who won the uh, Rugby World Cup 2023. Well, there you go. Yeah. 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 Who, yeah. yeah because who did win it? Uh, 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 South Africa South won Africa. by one South point South. last Gary week. will be thrilled. Our friend Ooh. Gary. Gary will be absolutely thrilled. And how yeah. was Ireland doing? And, Oh, well, Ireland, 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 Ireland didn't get Ireland were, lost at the quarter, quarterfinals. Uh, oh. but, um, and England beat Argentina to get England third. England beat Argentina, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. anyway. So but it was a very good game out. last night. It was excellent, a very, very good game. Yeah, you have to feel a bit sorry for the All Blacks, to be fair. You do, but yeah. Anyway, look. They got two mm. tries, tries disallowed uh, last night, which was unfortunate, but mm. it was a very good game. It was a, night, it was okay. a good final. It was a good did way you to both, end the competition. Uh, 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 did you guys play it, rugby? I played it in uh, the very last year of uh, school because uh, up to that point, everything was either uh, GAA here in Ireland, which is the Gaelic Athletic Association, and it's there's two games that you either play hurling oh. uh, or uh, Gaelic football. But in the last year of my school school year, they introduced as a trial rugby, uh, and I'd been waiting for it for basically all my school life. Mm. Uh, and it was only in the last 
six or seven months. Okay. It, so, but you didn't yeah. want to join a club. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. But, okay. Did you? But, but, oh, yeah. No, I didn't. But I did want to join a club. But yeah, but you, you didn't. I, I didn't. Because uh, at that stage we, uh, I was finishing school and needed to find work. Yeah. <laughs> we, is it we, we, rugby for the blind? Is well, that yeah. So it's yeah, funny there is. you asked that because there is. There was a team just recently went to France. That's the, right. The yeah. old Wesley rugby team. They did very yeah. well, I think. Yeah, they did. Um, we should get someone from that team. I know at least three people on it, uh, oh. possibly more. But uh, just, Jan, when you were talking about school, or Oren, when you were talking about school, we had a, somebody who was in our, uh, one of the PE teachers who was clearly into rugby, but didn't really know how to translate it to explain it to blind kids, but got us a rugby ball and just basically told us to scrum and beat the hell out of each other, basically. <laughs> <to get him. laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a bit yeah. crazy, I think, yeah. back. And, and, like, and, the, and the rugby safety. ball was, was then with, uh, with, uh, with a bell? Uh, or no, something? it was just an ordinary rugby ball. And he just oh, really? said, go, and he just said, so the objective is you got to get the ball from each other. And he just basically <laughs> let us loose. Oh. Okay. It's very bizarre when I think <laughs> yeah, back but, at it. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. You can email blindguyschat at gmail.com or tweet us at blindguyschat if you've any comments or questions. Now, ladies and gentlemen, time for our guest. We've wanted to get this lady on yeah. the show for a little while. It's, and she's eventually, she has agreed to come on because <laughs> she's brilliant and she knows a lot about guide dogs. This is Clina Nilera. Guide dog instructor. Guide dog mobility guide dog instructor. instructor. That's us. Yeah. And, yeah. and technical le- uh, lead. Um, not not uh, dog lead, but technical lead. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Irish guide dogs for the blind. Yeah. Clina, I, I was just thinking before we uh, started recording with you, the first time I met you was the first time I met a guide dog. And I, if, oh, I do remember. Years yes. ago. <laughs> and we were with a lady uh, who used to work in guide dogs called Kim Wolf. And That's Kim, right, had, yeah. I, I met Kim a couple of months before and she said, if you're ever in guide dogs, call in to me and we'll talk about guide dogs. I was afraid of dogs then. Oh. And, but Kleena really? came in with this. Yeah, absolutely. And I was afraid <laughs> oh, of dogs really? when Larry was tra- when I was training with Larry. But I'm trying to in. remember what dog I brought in. I was about <laughs> to tell you because I, I know who got the, the doggy. Um, oh. But you came in with, um, you actually came in with two dogs as far as I remember. Mm. Now, I could be wrong, but the dog I took for a walk with you was a dog called Mulan. Oh, yes, absolutely. That, Mulan went to a friend of mine called Sinead. For months after, when Sinead got Mulan, I, I used to t- say to Sinead, I got Mulan first. Oh. <laughs> and she's still working. She's still working. Yeah, she's a lovely dog. And we had, okay. a, we had a wonderful experience. And uh, Clodagh was aghast to watch me uh, with Mulan walking kind of independently along the path uh, yeah uh, but i do remember the funny the funniest thing was every every time we'd come to a corner cleaner would say now we're going to turn or we're going to cross or whatever it was and she'd give me the hand the hand command and i would give the hand command to, to uh mulan mulan uh, as far as i can remember would i'd feel her head looking towards Kleena going <laughs> yeah. am I supposed yeah. to do what he's uh, telling am, me? am I allowed to listen to this yeah. fella <laughs> yeah <laughs> but listen you've been in guide dogs for how long are you training guide dogs 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. I've been in guide dogs. It'll be 17 years in December, which is wow. quite shocking when I say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did start off in the office. I did four years in client services and then I, I got stung by the bug and I moved to the guide dog training side. So I've okay. been training dogs quite a while now. Yeah. Huh. And did you follow an, a specific um, uh, education or school for that? Or uh, what, what background do you have? I did the in-house apprenticeship. Um, ah, when I started ah. in guide dogs, I didn't have any prior knowledge of dog training or anything like that. Um, I had been working in a, an outsource company and I had done some travel and I came back. And I, as far as I remember, I got a six-month contract. <laughs> so oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. when I started off um, and I was working just in administration in the office um, for a couple of years. And then I I did very, very soon after starting, I, I started volunteering in the kennels. We used to do the late running. So you'd volunteer to do the work in the kennels in the evening from for two hours and then I kind of caught the bug really and I knew I really wanted to work with the dogs from from pretty soon. So would you see the dogs on your you know when you're in the office you'd see the odd dog coming through the kitchen? Oh yeah yeah they were everywhere it was such a novelty when I first started like they were all the trainers would bring them up for for coffee break and lunch and they'd bring them into the office and if, if a dog we still do this if a dog is kind of maybe not happy to stay back in the kennels or they're new ah. you might find a, a quieter office space to to, okay. to give them some kennel time so yeah i very quickly was kind of immersed in the whole dog side of it um and then as soon as an opening which they don't come up very often as soon as an opening came up in the training department it was a maternity leave as far as i remember i i went for it and i never looked back really so yeah and and it's an in-house apprenticeship so you do one year to be a trainer and it's three full years to be an instructor so I kind of did it in two halves I became a trainer first and then when the instructor apprenticeship came up then I went for that and and qualified in I think it was 2014. So did you encourage the person who was on maternity leave not to come back to work? (laughs) she actually did she did come back and i remember i had to go back to the office job for a couple of months and it was torture um and then i uh as soon as they could they got me back into the into the training so okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. so tell us about the the actual facility because i i mean i i've been there but i haven't seen the whole facility in terms of the pods and that so how many dogs have you got in 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 the kennels at, at at any one stage so at the moment we have about 40 dogs, but there is, um, that would be with three blocks open and we, we do have five blocks. So there is space for more dogs than that. Um, it can definitely go up to, to 60 plus. Um, so. the, the building's also residential. So we have bedrooms and we have office space. Um, we have a little mini gym. We have a lounge area. So it's- Really, you've got a gym now? Yeah, we do, we do. I, I, I was there for <laughs> It's it's quite small and it's available to the staff and yet somehow I've never used it. <laughs> okay. No, no, you're always outdoors. You're always that's, outdoors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Uh, but Kleena, you train the dogs on site on the premises of this um, uh, of the training uh, facility. A lot of the training happens on site. Um, okay. but then 
as soon as you kind of get we would do all the basics on site like we would do all of the obedience and we have we have a kind of a pod basement it's like under the under the kennel where we would go down and do some um settling in we would do some clicker training obedience training we have a little block route we call it at the center which is just a path that kind of meanders around the the center and we it has some steps on it has some crossings and we can set up Mm -hmm. obstacles so we would do a lot of the introductory training there but then we would go off site to local housing estates local towns into yeah. the city uh, depending on what stage the dog is at and 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 is there a specific trajectory uh, what what, uh, what you follow uh, is it for all the dogs the same yeah. or is it uh, run by the occasion in a way yeah. So it's it's kind of a bit of both. We do have so we have our two programs. We have the guide dog program and the assistance dogs. Um, okay. Uh, we have ah. community dogs as well. That that falls under the assistance dog kind of umbrella. So when the dogs come in, we do have a twenty six week guide dog training program. But it's not very very prescriptive in that you you always do this thing on the week two and this thing on week three it kind of gives you a roadmap to follow yeah not every dog follows it the same way some dogs fly through some dogs take a little bit longer yeah. but then catch up later obviously some dogs don't make it through they 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 either change career to, they move from our guide dog program to our assistance dog program or maybe they get withdrawn because they're just not not suitable as a working dog so we do yeah. have like a kind of a step-by-step of the things that we introduce. Um, Mm. And then it's like you, we have where we introduce a basic concept of something we really make it we, we try and make it like a game so if the dog is enjoying the game then we kind of make the game harder bit by bit and we have loads okay. of different ways we describe it like we say we withdraw our support so that means you kind of start asking the dog to do things without you telling them what to do there's mm. lots and lots of repetition lots of of, of positive reinforcement and okay. over time, then you build up them kind of independently um, making their decisions. But it's still very much, as you remember, Oren, from from those walks, it's very much you're giving the dog instruction, yeah. but then you're trying to minimize the use of our, as trainers, we're trying to minimize the use of our sight. So like when we're training a dog to come up and stop at a curb, at the very start, you know, we can see the curb, we'll walk them right up there, we yeah. use our click, our clicker and our treats. And then over time, we want the dog to bring us up there. And then over time, we want the dog to bring us up there and stop us. Um, so it, it's kind of a, a phased basis where we we get them um, using their own brain and kind of making their own decisions. At this stage of 17 years in, would I be safe in assuming that you know pretty quickly if, you're, if you get a, a, a few new dogs that you're being asked to train as guide dogs, you know pretty quickly whether they're going to actually go, how many of those are going to go through as full guide dogs? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I, I'd love to say that after this long, I can just look at a dog and know it's it's not that <laughs> simple. I think generally if they come in from to me myself and I spend probably four weeks with them, I'm going to have a pretty good idea um, that, yeah, they're everything's looking good. They, they seem like they'll definitely be a working dog. Or sometimes you're like, ooh, okay, I have a pretty good idea. This dog is not going <laughs> to not mm. gonna make it. And then there's those dogs in the middle that you just need to give them more time. Yeah. Um, and then I, the other part of the job is that we do have a lot of apprentices and stuff. So then it's about going out and seeing the dog and trying to see, do you see potential? Because, you know, they obviously don't know anything when they come in. They're very young. They can be boisterous and they can be uh they have no impulse control and mm. um, so you're i'm looking at the dogs to see well can i see them actually working in in six months time 
And sometimes that 26 week plan, sometimes we'll have a dog who'll be in longer than that. So we might do kind of like a drop back. So if we feel, you know, this dog actually has all of the the skills to do it, but they're just a little bit too immature. They just need more mileage on on the clock. So we could drop them back to the the next instructor down and then they would get another couple of weeks or another couple of months. Uh, So we do kind of try everything to give them the chance to make it. But ultimately, if they're really not enjoying the job or they've got like too high of a distraction or if they've got like a, if they're, you know, quite worried or or stressed about, about the job, then generally those dogs will get weeded out because ultimately they won't be able to do it. That doesn't mean that the dogs who qualify don't have very different personality types. That's where the matching comes in. Then it's like, what area can they work in and what person would they suit? What, what personality and temperament would be compatible? So, but we do have a kind of a, a basic um, level of competence that they all have to reach. So you have to, we yeah. have to be able to do blindfold tests with them. We have to be able to um, be sure that they can actually take on the job that we're asking them to do, which doesn't mean they wouldn't ever make a mistake or wouldn't get distracted. You know, they're still dogs, no. but we have to see that they're going to be able to enjoy and do the work on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Since you have, um, well, 40 dogs now at this age, uh, uh, um, do the dogs have an, a fixed trainer attached to them or, or is it a group of people? How do you do is it? What is yeah, your... So- Generally, when the dogs come in, they're assigned to. We have trainers and instructors. So oh, sometimes the what is the is difference then? Uh, so the tr- the trainers work just with the dog, and they bring them through their early to um, part of the training into the development part, and then generally they'll do what we call a pickup. So they'll put the dog onto an instructor if they've kind of reached their milestones and they've passed the tests, and then the instructor oh. will take them for the second half and then match them to a client and train them with the client. Yeah. So that's the, the the kind of standard model we have. Now, sometimes we'll have instructors bring them all the way through. Sometimes we have trainers who'll bring them all the way up to class standard. So there there is kind of flexibility in that model. But generally, once the dog comes in, they're assigned to, to one person and then they might be transferred to another person because actually yeah. having a bond with the dog is really yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, some dogs will kind of go from trainer to trainer happy enough, but a lot of dogs are like, ooh, uh, sorry, you're not my trainer. Exactly. So you need to kind of yeah. spend a bit of time with them and they really have to trust you and, and enjoy yeah. the work and, and, and you have to form this kind of communication between them. So we, we don't advise like dogs going from pillar to post all the time. That Now, if somebody's out sick, or someone's on holidays we would cover each other and help each other so so there's and that preps the dog too it preps the dog for moving to a new a new handler down the line usually a trainer and an instructor would have like a group of dogs they would have anywhere from three to five dogs um where that they're training at any one time okay We'd, yeah, ne- yeah, we'd yeah. never get there, Jan. We'd never. Nay, nay, nay. No, it's beyond my. And also, oh, yeah. you know, it is not easy, I think, because, uh, because that is something. How do you really. Uh, train a dog or correct a dog for example when he needs to follow the curve in a way uh, you need to train him or when he should not be d- distracted to other dogs or other birds or uh, what uh, yeah. how do you um, it is sometimes uh, that's what i see also with our little kids here or little yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would not say that again, you know, to Tico and Rosalie, little process. kids, but but uh, uh, sometimes you need to be very firm and um, this mm. is not, yeah. you know, uh, you cannot always be polite in a way or or is that well, what's yeah. your... I mean, the, 
the the public can distract the dogs quite a lot and sometimes you do have to be quite firm and and say oh sorry he's working or she's working uh especially if it's the younger dogs who really will be like soliciting that attention you know because they're so cute and they're used to mm-hmm. getting lots of attention from the public and yeah. uh, and I do think it it you know, people see a lot of Labradors and Golden Retrievers, but as soon as you put a harness or a jacket on them, people are really, really interested in them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and then, you know, it's n- totally natural and normal for dogs to get distracted by birds, other dogs, cats, you know, sniffing everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's not normal for them to walk in a straight line and stop at curbs and all that. Yeah. You know, So yeah. we're asking yeah. them yeah. to do yeah. something that's quite different from their natural urges. Yeah. So what we try and do, and and things have definitely evolved uh, since I started training, it's a lot more positive reinforcement based now. It's a lot of, have you heard of clicker training? It's a lot of clicker training where you, it's like this tiny little box that makes a, like a, just literally a a click noise and that marks the behavior and it gets followed by a positive, by a reinforcer, which is generally food. Um, So we use a lot of food and training and the food is part of the dogs, which is the beauty of working with labs and retrievers. They're so food motivated. The food is generally from their daily ration. And this has changed a good bit. Like when I started, we did use food, but it would be um, extra phased out very quickly. And and you would generally not use food in advanced training. So we do use more food now. And then we pair the food with a lot of praise. And, you know, what is going to motivate that individual dog? Most of our dogs are food motivated, but also they love praise. They like to achieve something. So what we're trying to do is teach them what we do want and make try and make sure what we don't want doesn't get reinforced so back in the day it could it used to be like if they do something we don't want they would get like maybe a reprimand or they would get a correction but now we just try and make sure that they don't get to the thing they want so if a dog is dragging me over to something to go sniff i'll just anchor myself and stop and then as soon as they reorientate towards me or the work then they'll get a click and a a, a treat So, it's so you very don't give it a reprimand in a way, but but you stop and then you uh, then the dog realizes, oh, yeah, uh, so she is, she they, is, um, they they try we try and teach them that that behavior doesn't pay out. So yeah. if I go to pull her, I'm not going to get over towards that thing I want to get to. Um, but if I'm with her, she might actually stop and let me go over. So we would we would encourage them to go sniff on cue. So we would maybe, if it's a younger dog, we would give them multiple opportunities to do it. But then as they get a bit more advanced and they're enjoying the work, then we wouldn't give them as many opportunities to to do something other than the work. Um, And it's not perfect it's not a perfect system it's like you know it's like kids or anyone mm-hmm. you know they mm-hmm. sometimes you you they're they're going to get distracted and if their distraction levels are too high so if they really can't work past dogs that might be a reason why a dog wouldn't actually make it through the program or maybe yep. they might go to the assistance dog program but they wouldn't go to the guide dog program or something like yeah, that yeah. so it's we're constantly evaluating the dogs and assessing their temperament and we're not looking for any sort of perfect dog actually sometimes those dogs who have a bit of um real character and maybe they maybe they were the puppy raisers said you know jeepers they were a bit of a challenge to puppy raise and they were into everything and they were they were high energy sometimes those dogs make really good guides because you know they have to be quite brave and they have to be able to disagree with their handler at times they have to be able to push you and pull you and stop you and if the dogs are too kind of perfect and obedient and and you know they're maybe not not going to be able to to make those decisions so we're definitely not looking for some sort of as you guys know i'm sure we're not looking for some sort of machine who has no no motivations themselves or no no uh yeah so so it's it's about really having them 
motivating them to do the work like okay i want the dog to want to get to that curb and stop and go yes or if i ask them to find the pole i want them to come over touch the pole and go yes i did it you know because in yeah, the early days yeah, they get yeah, such yeah, a high yeah. rate of reinforcement for it yeah, yeah. i'm finding this with uh, with larry there's there's a place just where we start you know walking here at home and it's you know you know i don't know if it's always with dogs but dogs seem to like corners you know wall corners of oh, yeah. walls and, that. <laughs> and it, it, like it they're marries. reading the p-mail that's the what p-mail. i say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no matter what i like he's such a strong dog uh i used to used to kind of fight with him and say no come on we're, we're working and he would just not pay attention but now i find mm. that if i let him just do the read the p-mail as you say yeah for that bit uh, for that you know minute or so then he's mm. happy to yeah well let's go on and walk yeah. let's do our let's do our job uh, but it's just yeah. that so and it's always that particular corner you know it's, yeah and it's uh, part of that forming that relationship isn't it like how are yeah. we going to work together and ha- make sure you're happy and i'm happy and we get to where we need to go whereas in the past it used to be kind of you're very much in charge and the dog needs to be respect your your wishes and now it's kind of like well what does the dog want to do what's going to ha- make give them an enriching life and it doesn't mean they get to do whatever they want. Absolutely not. But we were trying to say, well, how how can I motivate you to do this? Um, and it's 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 definitely a much nicer way of training. It's it's a really enjoyable way to train dogs. So once you you've decided on the dogs that you're going to to, to train, you you spend that twenty six weeks, and then you make a call to uh, a potential uh, client who who you think will be matched well with with a particular dog. Mm. Then you're you're doing a residential training like like I did down in Cork for two or three weeks, um, and that's just again part. A lot of that is just the dog and and client need to get used to each other. Mm. But I presume that you prefer the training to be kind of down in Cork because the dogs will have walked <coughs> around that that area or those areas that you're yeah, you're, you're yeah. going to be walking. So you don't need to worry so much about the dog, uh, the, the guide dog not doing its job. It's just more to, that the new client will get used to walking along with this this wonderful animal. Absolutely, before we yeah. Go, yep. go home. We have done like we did do quite a lot of um, home based training, especially over lockdown, just because of we we kind of had to. Um, and there is pros and cons to both, but like personally speaking, I think the residential class in Cork is really really valuable and it's really important. The dog is in familiar surroundings, so they don't have to think too much about the routes and they've they know where they're going and they know the destination. So it kind of allows the the person to really bond with the dog and to concentrate on the mechanics of guide dog training. You know, even a lot of people we train, it's their first dog, but even people who are getting their second, third, fourth dog, it's about going back to basics. Um, yeah. You know, like yeah. as if, if, if an, a, a sighted person was doing their driving test. It's about going back to that, making yeah. sure you're safe and checking your mirrors. So it's about going back to basics and getting the right foot positions, the right verbal cues, and then just building up that mileage of working together, living together. So what, when you're at the center, the dog is in your bedroom, you're feeding them, you're grooming them, playing with them. So by, by the end of like that two or three week period, 
generally speaking, you, you've really kind of built up a fairly good relationship. So then when the dog moves to your home, at least you're the constant, you're the, the, the source of, they feel safe with you, they're happy with you. And then we can start working in the home area, especially if somebody lives in a city, you don't want your first walks to be really those really busy, congested walks. You want to build up to that. And that's what coming to the centre is about. We we almost have a standard kind of first week of class and then we would change it depending on the person where we mm. go to the the same, you know, the first walk would be relatively straight. We'd have, it would be a quiet area. We'd have good footpaths. And then the next walk we'd do to practice all of our right turns and then we'd practice yep. all of our left turns. And so okay. it's really building up the complexity then over the, over the week or two at the center. I did not experience that, that so formal. Um, it was, uh, I had only training at home. So, uh, okay, yeah. uh, so for uh, for two weeks, I uh, I received it, and uh, and then it was also yeah going the easy roads, of course, uh, in yeah. uh, in the beginning, etc. And then you build up, etc. So I was also since Chef was coming mm-hmm. here um, on his own, uh, or, or or he slept, um, or yeah 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 he stayed with me uh, direct from the beginning. But uh, but I was not allowed to uh, put him uh, on on my own in the harness, of course. You oh, know, uh, yes. it was only yeah, yeah, done yeah. with uh, uh, yeah yeah with the trainer. Yeah. We've done a lot of that that type of training as well, especially yeah. since COVID, because maybe not everyone yeah. was comfortable traveling, and we we didn't yeah. have the center open for a while. And actually, there yeah. is there is benefits to that, and oh, some yeah. people that really yeah, suits yeah. because you the the person is more confident; they know their roots. So you know, it's 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 kind of yin and yang as to what is yeah. going to be have the better. Outcome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. I would still, if I if I had a dog who I felt, you know, is going to take a little bit of time to bond or they're going to be mm-hmm. really looking for their their instructor, sometimes I would have the person take the dog for the weekend before class because I know, oh, you know, that, yeah. that first four days of yeah. class is going to be a bust because the dog is just not going to do anything for this new person or they're <laughs> going to be looking for me the whole time. So it's just yeah. to kickstart that um that bonding process. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that you can yeah. kind of more hit the ground running then when someone comes down, you can start doing the 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 guide walk straight away and it yeah. really depends on the person and the dog it's we try and be as as bespoke as possible while obviously following a kind of a, a training model yeah you know? no of course of course and and how is the the matching process uh, um, uh, actually going on uh, does it happen a lot that that uh, that you um, bring a dog to a person or, or that have for the first time that it's a no-go or how do you yeah, how do yeah, you see that because yeah. normally it's, it's always fun you know with a dog you know or, or yeah. how do you see that it's actually my favorite part and it's also probably the most challenging part um, yeah. to, to find the right dog for the right person so we have quite a lot of information but it's again it's like most things with animals it's not an exact science like we have all the data about the dog the, the instructor knows their dog pretty well mm-hmm. and then we have all of the information about the the clients sometimes it's somebody we know as an organization we've met them we've trained them before um, sometimes it's a new applicant so we would look through their they have diff- various assessments so they would have their mobility assessment their guide dog assessment we also now with people's permission take some videos of them walking either with their previous dog or with their um, long cane so we can see the area see their their stride so you're you're trying to really look at what's the workload so is it is it a high workload a medium workload are they in the city in a in the countryside in a town um what's their walking speed what's their ability and then what's the person's personality and what are they looking for what does the dog need 
So yeah. sometimes we do find that we we try and we do have a priority one, priority two, priority three on our list. And priority one would be a guide dog owner whose dog has retired or stopped working suddenly. Oh, okay. They would yeah. be in a priority one. So we would always try and match those people first. And then priority two would be dogs that are about to retire or yeah. applicants who've been waiting longer than a certain amount of time. Um, new applicants would always be expected to wait a little bit longer. But then ultimately you are trying to match for a successful outcome so if yeah. you don't feel the dog will suit the the person who's in priority one for whatever that reason might be or you might try you might do a matching visit or you might try but if you don't don't believe it's going to be successful or the or the person themselves doesn't yeah. you know they might say I, I don't think this is the dog for me because of a b or c then yeah. we will we will move on we really want to get the right match as much as we can but but, but then if you bring the dog to this person or or they meet each other how do you see that they really like each other or they totally dislike each other <laughs> is it yeah, so yeah. The, because i'm told uh, if the dog lays his head on on your uh, knee uh, for example you know when you're sitting then it's okay but when he's yeah. <laughs> not then, uh, whatever yeah i mean because sometimes a dog won't do that straight away with the person they yeah. don't have a relationship with so as a, as the dog's instructor i might know look this this dog is gonna you know this is the type of dog that loves everyone and they love the postman and they love everyone so they're going to give you lots of affection straight away yeah but that doesn't mean it's going to be a really strong exactly. type of a bond. But then yeah. you have another dog who could actually be quite standoffish. And and that, that that type of dog can be harder to match, actually, even though I know Jeepers, in a couple of weeks, this dog is going to be really, really strongly bonded to you and they won't be distracted by lots of other people. But actually, you might not see that on that matching visit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have the opportunity to say, well, I'm not going to have you come down to Cork and spend an, an hour with the dog and do one walk. Actually, I'm going to have you come down and spend an overnight or else I'm going to come to your house. We're going to spend the day together. I'm going to leave and let the dog with you and come back the next day. And then we might do another walk. So we'll do whatever we feel, feel we need to do so that yeah, yeah. the person okay. can get a good sense of the dog. And also the dog can get a good sense of the person. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely noticed over the years our dogs have gotten more sensitive. So we have to be kind of cognizant of that, that they're they they might take a while to gain confidence and and they they might not do a good walk on that matching visit because again they they'd be looking for their handler and they're they're in a mm. new area and they yeah. they they don't know the person or maybe they feel funny or they you know so sometimes we'll have to kind of do a longer matching process just to make sure you know it's like matchmaking you're hoping for that initial yeah. kind of yeah. spark yeah. Yeah. um and if it doesn't happen you're like oh you know i don't know if this is this is the right match or, or maybe the person doesn't feel it themselves um so it, it, it is one of those things that you kind of have to take take care and we do try and match a couple of weeks out so if if we have a class date, we'll try and be matched like minimum three, but hopefully four weeks out. So that if mm. on the matching visit there is, you know, on paper, everything might look good. But then on the yeah. matching visit, we might go, oh, actually, I think this dog might be too sensitive to, to guide this person or not have enough confidence. Or maybe they're just too fast or too big or something. Then you might say, look, now that we all know all the information, we actually are not going to proceed with this. And then the person goes home and needs to wait, which is a better thing to do to wait for a better match. And then the dog will be matched to someone yeah. else. So we kind of yep. need to give ourselves enough time to do that process. I remember one of our managers who was, he was years and years and years doing this. And I, I said, how do you match? And he said, with worry. <laughs> <laughs> with worry. Oh, yeah. 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 Tina, it's a, it's a wonderful job you do. Yeah. Uh, and I, we've been saying this all along to the people we've talked. 
thanks thank you so much for what oh, what you're doing you. because we yeah. we wouldn't have these dogs if you if, if we didn't have no. puppy raisers if we didn't have trainers if we didn't have facilities exactly. to be trained it's it's, it's really it certainly it's takes a, a takes a, a village or whatever the the yeah. saying is there's a lot of people involved in every one dog um yeah. and i don't yeah. think people really know what it takes to to train a guide no. dog you yeah. know there's this idea that they're this kind of lassie that you just tell them what to do and they're like yeah i got you um but no there's yeah. a there's a lot of training yeah um and that's uh, where we're but, trying to educate you know, people yeah. and and, yeah. and and tell them yeah. to get them to know the whole process uh, finally if people if somebody listening to this podcast in ireland anyway and we do have yeah. people all around the world who are listening to the podcast but if, if somebody in ireland is interested in getting in contact and thinking about a guide dog what's the best way to go about that Oh, absolutely. Um, whether somebody's thinking of, of applying for a guide dog for themselves or whether there's somebody who wants to get involved in some sort of volunteering capacity like puppy raising or boarding or anything like that, you can either go onto the website and then there's a variety of different boxes depending on the interest. You can call our main phone line or call to the centre. Uh, we do get referrals. Um, there's lots of branches around the country in Ireland as well. So um, there is kind of branch support where there'd be puppy raising groups and volunteers and fundraisers all kind of form a branch. Um, but the, the the first stop and, and maybe the easiest stop for a lot of people would be to, to get onto the website. We do have an open day as well every year and a okay. lot of people come to the open day um, just to, to meet the staff and meet the dogs and we do some demonstrations and um kind of uh, you know just yeah, to have cool. people come to the center i think sometimes yeah. it's just that making that initial contact yeah that initial contact yeah well we'll put the link on the on the show notes yeah for sure uh, but thank you so much for taking the time we know you're extremely busy uh thank you for but having we me. really appreciate the time and coming on to talk to us because i think it's uh, yeah. it's good to to it's a good little series we're doing and, and we're hoping we're, we're educating people and just thanks again the whole process because and uh, thank you. yeah thanks again for all the work you do it's uh, yeah. yeah super fantastic. Oh, thank you thank you so yeah. much we we certainly do love it <laughs> we're we're kind of like we we, we, call, we call it the cult because once you're in you're, you're in <laughs> yeah, that's true. you're totally invested <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Hotel California, you can check it yeah, out anytime you want, but you can it. never leave. <laughs> yeah, that's like true. A, like a year ago, I was only here a year. How is it 17 years? I don't understand. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, yeah. well, thank you very much, Tina. Thank you so we much. Will, uh, we will pass on that the, the link on the show notes. And uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You can email blindguyschat at gmail.com or tweet us at blindguyschat if you've any comments or questions. We, we also released uh, last week um, uh, the, the new suite of 2024. Also uh, with Jaws Fusion. A great, and, uh, hey, Zuka. Face and View yeah. is, is yeah. A definitely, yeah, absolutely. Also nice. But are you yeah. guys impressed with it so far? Uh, uh, yes, I, I, I have to say I only installed it uh, on Friday, so I really have had not much time to really play with it. Jan's been delving behind it much more. Yeah, I think. yeah. The, 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 the face and view, that's quite nice because you, you really re uh, experience when you uh, are um, switch it on before you, uh, before you go on a Zoom or Teams meeting. And then you um, get really information. Uh, proper feedback whether uh, your um, room has light enough that you're uh, uh, good visible for the camera 
uh, that you're sitting in front of the camera, that you're uh, that you don't that you you need to point down your camera or up, or, or that you need to set sit more uh, uh, or yeah left or, or right, etc. So so and then sometimes it's a little annoying. Because when you are a little bit um, active, you know, you sit uh, a little bit straight up or you uh, um, yeah, move a little bit to the left. And then he says, uh, 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 sit up and uh, straight up, uh, uh, mm. face uh, centered, etc." you know. One of the things I like about it, well, it's good to know you're in, you're in frame, but probably, yeah. probably more useful, I think, from, from, well, certainly for me, is to know that, that, that is there anything else in the picture that might be seen? Yeah, the, because by, by that's also else. picture smart is then also working. Yeah. You know, you can, and that's also done now also with, uh, you know, AI is so sexy at this time, but also they claim, and I'm sure they they do, they have then also AI then active because it's all online that you can use and then see, and then they can describe what is behind you, etc. And that's quite, uh, yeah, it's it's quite good. Are we in danger? And I'm I'm just about to to put my big toe on the soap box here. Mm-hmm. Oh, but are we Ooh. in da- are we in danger? I think it's first of all, I think it's a great idea. It's brilliant. But are we not in danger of becoming kind of more aligned to the way society should see people or view people during a, a, an online meeting? In that we mm. you're now kind of conforming to. You know, you've you you've got this new task available in Jaws that is now telling you whether you're looking at the camera or not. Yeah, yeah. But is that not kind of st- a step too far for somebody who's kind of like, well, I'm blind, so I can't look at the camera, or just accept it the way it is? Well, it's funny, Warren, because than... I, I was I was thinking about that. Well, not not directly about this, but I I do completely understand the point you're making, and yeah. I think for me, my usage is not going to change a whole lot. I'll still, I'll still, I think I'll still 99% of the time not be using the camera for meetings, but no, no. there are times when I suppose job interviews is one example. I, I'm, there's some other times where maybe you're giving a presentation and they do ask you to use video for whatever reason. And maybe, maybe if there's a signer, somebody doing interpreting online, maybe they need to be able to see you. I don't know, but I suppose it's another tool we can use. But but I I think yeah it's I, I've spent three and a half years of online meetings not using my camera and no one's ever really exactly. asked me and well, I don't think a, it's going to change. I tell you what, can I do something? Can I because we don't have any we're not going to play the email jingle because we unfortunately don't have any emails. So, oh, Claudia, are you out of are you are you out of makeup? She's, she, you, I just saw her come out of makeup two seconds oh, ago. Oh yeah, because I like, think it's I'd like it to join this conversation. Uh, Miriam is doing makeup tonight. She's a new lady. Oh, she's very, very nice. Nice. Quite good. Oh, Hi. Hey, Hello. 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 Hi. I was just having a, a final chat. Uh, goodbye with Miriam. Lovely lady. Lovely she's lady, a yeah. pet. I love her. Yeah. yeah she is. Yeah. Mm. She's a very nice thing. We'll keep See you, Miriam. She's just heading home. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I thought she was going to stay and take off the makeup. Mind the bins. Yeah. Does she not Bang! remove the makeup? <laughs> she's new. No, no. She needs to be told she's to remove the makeup. You're I well can't able take to remove off. your own makeup, Stuart. Come on, then. Oh, right, okay. You're a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about the new feature in Jaws that uh, um, in view camera, so it'll tell you whether you're you're you know you're looking straight at the camera or yeah. there's anything behind you or whatever. And I just want to bring a sighty in to ask this question. Do you get mm-hmm. uh, kind of annoyed or distracted if you're in a meeting 
-hmm. and the participants don't put their cameras on. No, it doesn't bother me. Um, the only thing that bothers me is if somebody has uh, either they're on their phone or they're moving around with their laptop. So where the where the camera is bouncing oh, yeah. around the place. Some mm. people do that. Some people are constantly moving it and that, that can make you feel a bit seasick. <laughs> is it easier oh. is it easier, Claudia, as a sighted person? Because I on my on both my Zoom and Teams I have a I have a profile picture. So when my camera mm. is on, my photo is just there and, and I presume people know them. Is that yeah. is that helpful as a for you to look yeah. at a, a group of people? Yeah. But I mean either either it's a black screen or it's a profile picture usually and uh you know, I think it's nice to have a profile picture. I have one. Mm. Of, it scares the bejesus out of me. I have to say, it's, it's not a great photo. I look, yeah. I look kind of demented in it. I must change it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it doesn't bother me if people don't put on their cameras at all. Like, you know, I quite okay. like it because then I can turn. It's kind of gives me permission to turn off my camera. Exactly. If and if you can kind of relax. You know, they yeah. did. Um, neurologists did brain scans of people who are at meetings and then brain yeah. scans of people who are on Zoom meetings. And apparently yeah. your brain isn't at all as lit up when you're on a Zoom meeting. It doesn't engage the same amount of your brain power as when you're oh. in a person, uh, an in-person meeting, apparently. Uh -huh. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Mm. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm. Moving swiftly on, let's talk briefly about TV Corner. And, oh, I, yeah. and I'm going to uh, yeah. I'm going to hand over to Mr. Blome first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, guys, I have also one. We we, we started to watch David Beckham. Um, uh, 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 the, the this I think there are yeah. four or five episodes, and and we watched uh, episode one, and it's with audio description, and I must say I really enjoyed it. It, it was really nice. Yeah. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. It's yeah. on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. it's on my yeah. list. I wanted to watch oh, that actually. Yeah. Yeah. We watched yeah. it. Is this the one where oh, where Ro Victoria claims that she was from a working class family? Yes, I believe that. Yeah, she was driven in, in a Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah, I heard that <laughs> yeah. clip. Yeah. 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 And apparently she said, and then you can hear him in the background going, "Be truthful. Be truthful." Apparently <laughs> he stuck his head in the door and he's like, "Come on now, we tell him what your dad used to drive you to That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it was quite funny. You know, you see the yeah the way also behind the scenes. You know how he uh, struggled also when when they wanted to meet up with each other during all the yeah the the big to, uh, events. What he what he was up to and also he was quite busy, etc. By the way, there's yeah. a lovely story about him. I, I just it's probably worth mentioning it. Um, and I heard this from somebody in the UK who was involved with uh, British blind football, and they asked. I think somebody got, knew someone through United and asked David Beckham. This is about 20, 15 years ago. Would he? Would there be any chance he might come down to a session? And he came down one Saturday, didn't want any media, didn't want anything, just came down himself, sp uh, spent a, a fair bit of time, I think, walked around chatting to the players, then blindfolded himself, played. And apparently, oh, you yeah. know, unanimously, everyone was saying the most unassuming, just wanted to be there for the football and to meet people. And this was okay. a, bl a blind football a, session? A blind football, yeah. They asked him, oh, and he I didn't want to go that. to a, he didn't okay. want to go to a game. He wanted to go to a session just with the players, didn't want any photographs. Oh. Isn't Nothing. that lovely? That's, good. That's good. Which yeah, is really true. nice. He yeah. does seem yeah. like a really decent bloke, I have to say. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, one moving on from David. My yeah. favorite yeah. program at the moment is uh Lessons in Chemistry. Um, oh, I've seen that thing on TV. Netflix or on Apple TV. I saw the thing. Brie Larson. Okay. Brie Larson. Brie Larson, yeah. Yeah. It's um we've only just started. It's set in the fifties. And Brie Larson uh, plays a woman called Elizabeth Azot, who is 
Oh. Very smart woman. Um, she's a chemist. She's got a master's in chemistry. But because it's the 50s, women aren't considered to have any brains or use Good at enough all. for, yeah. So she's a kind of a, what's it, a lab assistant kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they all treat her really badly. But in reality, the chemists all know that she's the one who has all the smarts. So they go to her for help and stuff. But anyway, yeah, it's it's about her. And we don't want to give any spoilers, I suppose. But um, No, but the, the okay. third, I will say the third episode, of, yeah, episode three, hmm. uh, was is very good because it's, it's, it's shot, well, it's, the story is told from a completely different perspective. Okay. Um, but you and have the to go. Perspective of her dog. Uh, the perspective of her dog, and okay. it's brilliant. It's really very good. Yeah. It's very good. I'll um, I'll just give a quick shout out to one then as well that I started watching on Netflix, but have stopped and started. It's called Bodies. Ah, um, I thought it was going yeah. to talk about this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's very much time shifting, isn't it? It's uh, there's yeah, three different bodies, three different times. I don't know. I'm not sure how. So I feel it's about. basically four detectives in four different time periods of London are investigating yeah. the oh, same murder. So it's the same body in the same location, except for ah. one where it's moved. Um, and so it's, it's 1890, 1941, 2023 and 2053. Oh, it's always oh, the future as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I haven't seen and that it's, far. It's okay. basically the, what's, what's connecting all of those things is the, it's the same body. It's the same murder. Um, so it's, okay. it's interesting and you, it's kind of jumping. I, I liked kind of time jumping things. I, I did um, as part of my master's, I did a thing called interactive narrative um, where we kind of studied um, that idea of having a narrative that hmm. that moves. The one thing I don't like about it is that it's very, very graphic. So that won't affect you guys so much. But for me, I found it really hard to watch because it, it's very gory. Oh. Um, yeah, and one of the things just but from it's good. A, and, and Oren, AD. yeah, but actually, just Oren, I'd be curious to hear Oren's things, feedback on. I thought the AD was quite because there's so much noise and so much sound yeah. Uh, yeah. artistry or sound design. It's quite hard to hear the AD sometimes. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, I admit I, I haven't Clodo's into it more than I am. I really have lost my way with it because uh, yeah. it's jumping you around too much yeah. into it and I really Did. didn't like it yeah I, I, I found it tough it. as well to yeah. keep keep mm. up with what's happening and what yeah. the time zone we're in so I, I might yeah. give it another go and then guys there's a trailer of the crown eh? oh yes, yes. oh wow yeah. Yeah. Lady V is uh, recording at the uh, at the moment um, when are we likely to see it being released do we have any idea uh, it will be uh, I think it is due around uh, mid November oh uh, oh, November of this year? Uh, yes, this year. Oh, wow. So it's very I, I, tight oh, wow. for, now, I, for filming. The, what, what I read for, I, what I read about it was that it was going to be in two parts. In two parts, yeah. And one was going to be in December and one was going to be, sorry, one was going to be in November and the other was going to be in December. Okay. Oh, That's not a bad thing because it'll make us not binge watch the thing yeah. and at least calm us, don't, calm us all down a bit and, and she, keep a few episodes mm, for Christmas yeah. that time she between was Christmas and me, New Year's. She was telling me that uh, last time I spoke to her, uh, she was doing uh, the the scene of Diana um, oh. uh, 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 for the crash. She said it's, it's uh, and, and, and you know I th- think it's pretty usual for the Crown. She said it's it's very very well done. Mm. Yeah, okay. she, imagine she, the spent, of she spent a lot of time trying to get the audio description right, but she said the guy mm. who plays uh, Dodie, the the yeah. Um, yeah. the, the, the boyfriend and mm. all mm-hmm. that that whole that whole time period is really 
well done. So she mm. was okay. praising the uh, producers of it. So yeah, mm. can't wait to can't wait to. And see it's that. over after this, isn't it? This is it. There's no this more. Is it. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, this yeah. is yeah. it. Yeah. They're going to Also, they, they, they also have the time with uh, Harry and Meghan. Also, eh? No, I don't think. No, they're no I think they stop around '99 or 2000. No, no, they go as far as the. They go as far as William and Kate. Oh right, oh, 2007 okay. or eight or something. Yeah. Wow, that's I, I, I was thought. Because because I was reading an article or an interview with Peter. Oh my God, I can't remember his surname. Who wrote it? Peter. Anyway, mm. uh, why do I want to say Thompson? Name. But it's not. I know. Uh, no, not, but anyway, yeah. he said that he never goes or he he generally stops 20 years, like basically. You know, you can't. You almost need, almost need to let things settle Morgan. for twenty years. Morgan, Peter thank Morgan. you, Peter Morgan. Yeah. Peter yeah. Morgan. Mm. So he said you almost need to lead to, need to let, let things settle for twenty okay. years. Get, Get off the stage! stage. Oh. Okay, we're going. Oh. Right. Good oh. luck, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, I have guys. to change. Have Good luck, everyone. Yeah. Happy cycling, Jan. Happy cycling, yep. and we will yeah. see you in two weeks' time. Well, hopefully, we'll have loads of information about Site Village London because we'll be hey. back. We'll so, all be there. Yeah, bye. 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 A man with his wife and four kids, as well as a blind man, are standing by a bus stop, waiting for a bus. Sorry guys, only five seats open. Are you serious? Yeah, sorry mate, only five seats. Uh, what I can suggest is the lady and the four kids get on and you two gentlemen, uh, maybe walk. It's it's the gentlemanly thing to do. Yeah, all right, uh, we'll walk. Yeah, I don't mind. I mean, it's it's often the only way I can get around. You know, me and my cane. <laughs> well, I don't have a choice. All right, lady, your kids, in you go. All right, there. All right. Oh well, let's go. Nelly almost walks into the railing as well. Stupid blind. You know something? That tap, tap, tap of your cane is really irritating me. You should really put a rubber at the end of your stick. Hey, let's just understand one thing right now. If you had put a rubber on your stick, then we would both be on that bus now. <laughs> this was a Gary G. production.